Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. When the Ontario Health Team in Northumberland was announced, there was a lot of talk about bringing medical services to rural areas within the county. Earlier this week, a major step was taken in that direction. A building owned by Crammy Township was sitting empty. The mayor, council, and the township staff thought it would be a great place to have a clinic, a place where people without a doctor could go for help without having to travel to Coburg or Campbellford to use an emergency room. There would be a mental health counseling, foot care, and so on. There would also be programs that would make access a lot easier. Here is Crammy Township Mayor Mandy Martin sharing her enthusiasm for this new clinic. I'm so pleased to have with me today Mandy Martin, Mayor of the Township of Crammy. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you very much, Rob. Pleasure to be here. Northumberland's first rural outreach clinic is opening this week in Colborne. Uh, now, this is really a unique collaboration between the municipality and the Ontario Health Team locally. Can you tell us about it and what services are being offered? Sure. Um, when the Ontario Health Team Northumberland was one of the 24 uh, health teams approved to go ahead by the province, we, we were thrilled and they are looking at establishing rural outreach centers to bring medical services to those who, you know, have maybe a 30 minute drive or more to access other health related services. So we, we jumped on the bandwagon immediately um, and we had, a, we had a building, we had a spare office building it had been the formerly the PUC building way back when, when we had a PUC. And then it was subsequently used by the fire department, but we have a new fire hall now. So we had this space available. So we, they came, uh, the, the Ontario Health Team Northumberland uh, team came and looked at the facility and, we, and saw that it had great potential. So we said, we will gladly give you this rent-free for two years and we'll make the necessary adjustments adaptations that's part of our contribution and uh, you bring the services so that's what we've done and it's at 34 victoria street which is the front of the for of the uh, south public works or roads yard so it's pretty exciting now, what services are being offered uh, at this health clinic? Yes, okay, so we've got mental health uh, counseling for, for adults and youth, uh, primary care for those who don't have uh, a doctor of their own. There are uh, health, health teams that, are, that will offer services, um, diabetes education, uh, which is a challenge, of course, for many people, um, foot care, foot care and chiropathy will be uh, offered 
and uh, smoking cessation, and then uh, seniors wellness programs as we, as we go forward. What happens is that this uh, amalgam of, of services that, that form the Ontario Health Team will come in certain days of the month and rotate through and offer the services there. Um, community care uh, will have an office set up there for so many days of, of the week, etc. So it's by appointment only um, when we get going and, and people can phone, phone in and make an appointment um, when the services get going. We're in lockdown now, that's uh, a challenge for the 28 days that we're in lockdown, but uh, yeah, we're pretty excited. What was it like before the clinic? Can you describe what medical services were like? Well, there, there are some, uh, two doctors, three doctors, uh, sort of based in, in the village of Colburn, but uh, not everybody, you know, they, they have a full roster. Other services like, like though foot care or support, mental health counseling is, was one of the items that, that topped the list when they did a survey of what you want to see here. That was top of the list, which I find very interesting. Um, and as you know, it's, it's in demand across the county and everywhere. So having those services come to us means that people don't have to be trying to find transportation, you know, or even track down appointments or it's, it's so removed. So this brings healthcare to our community. We, and it's a rural community. We have a small village of course, but in, in Castleton, but then there's the rural area all around too. And for those people, transportation becomes a real challenge. So it's the fact that, you know, you, here we are right here it's not as if it's a, a, a half day logistical problem now, how to get from point A to B. You know, you've got a neighbor or you can arrange through community care, through the, through the busing system, that the access is going to be there. And I think that is so exciting. To me, it's just wonderful. And it's discreet too. Or if, if I was living there, I, would I, where would I be going? Would I be going to Coburg or, or Campbellford or Brighton? Or how, how did it work before? I, mean, I know you have the local doctors, but if I, if I needed to get diabetes education, how far would I have had to travel? Or, Port uh, Hope. Port is that Hope. right? Yeah, Port Hope. Yeah. Um, and or like chiropathy or foot care, that sort of is always undergoing change. Who knows where? For many, it was a Coburg or Port Hope or going the other way to Trenton, <clears throat> you know, and this, that's a challenge for people. But also too, I, I mean, from a health standpoint of view, it must be also because it's more convenient, I might be more interested in early inter intervention rather than letting something wait. Oh, I don't want to go that far. If I can go and I can get an appointment, I get it fairly quickly. I'm wondering if that's part of the formula we're talking about. Of course it is. Access, 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 and service. And I mean, for example, Northumberland County, the emergency paramedic service, <clears throat> they've now got a roving system set up where they go out and, and are available much closer to the uh, rural community. So it's that principle, bringing service closer to where it's needed. 
and it, intervention um, and, and early access can save thousands and thousands of dollars. It means that we're not jamming up <clears throat> the emergency departments at, at Campbellford and or Trenton or, or Northumberland Hills Hospital in Coburg. If you didn't have a doctor or whatever, that's where people would go, you know, where else could they go? So that's, that's part of that. We're, we're freeing, making sure that our own hospitals, the emergency system has this preliminary triage system um, and it, it meets the demands much more effectively and efficiently. Now, what is the municipality contributing? I know you talked about the building a little bit, but could you go in a little more depth about the municipality's contribution and is it just the building? What else was being done? Well, we had to meet code. So, uh, and we said, we're doing everything by the book. We can't, we can't cut corners here. Like the rules are the rules. So we had to redo the parking lot. We had to do design features, engineering features, building features, you know, ramp access, internal doors opening and new door systems, uh, building, there are two consulting rooms plus a, a larger meeting room, a reception, foyer, uh, an accessible washroom. All that had to be done. All that had to be done. And as I say, designing the, uh, the parking lot so that we've got 15 parking spaces and with accessible uh, access. And that had to be fenced off from the yard area because the, the works yard is in behind so that people wouldn't be sort of wandering around around heavy equipment. So there were, there were logistical issues, uh, but worth every penny, I well, think. Speaking worth of pennies, penny. how many pennies did it cost? I knew that was coming. <laughs> I think probably when we get down to it, we'll probably, by the time we talk about how, what it took to get the parking lot, you know, cleared and then graded and all that jazz the fencing and the it's probably close to ninety thousand dollars and that's only the township contributing is there any contribution from the county uh, or the provincial government or any other level of government yes they're they're fun for example they're funding the ontario health team etc and for us there are grants through uh, initiatives, you know, through COVID and so on. And so we've applied funds from that. How do you feel about the fact that the municipality has to become involved in healthcare? Well, we, of course we have to. <laughs> I don't think we have to be the, the sole, but we are partners. The, whole, the thing about all this is collaboration and partnership. We get far more bang for our buck, the taxpayer's buck, if, if there's collaboration, if there's cooperation, because we know what we need and the, and the people providing the services know how to best do that and adapt and adapt to what we need. It isn't one size fits all across this province. And that's what we're, that's what we're illustrating. And I might say too, that I think as a smaller municipality, this is a prime illustration of our effectiveness. We, as a smaller municipality, can quickly adapt. We can change. It's not as if we're moving, you know, an administration of 200 people and getting everybody on side. 
we can we can get the picture very quickly and adapt and make it work for us. Healthcare, though, has often been associated as a provincial responsibility. And at one time, the province took great pride in funding all of healthcare. So I guess what my question was really about was, you know, is this just the, the province downloading expenses on property taxpayers? I mean, $90,000 is quite significant uh, contribution by property taxpayers. Is it a fair use of property tax to do these kinds of services? Yes, and I'll tell you why. It's because we are not jamming them, people are own putting people into the emergency rooms. And that's where the real costs come. When you plug up your hospital system with people waiting, you know, for example, say, they, say a diabetic person has some foot problems and they go to the eMERGE. And so then they're, there they are, are they're, they're taking up staff time, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, they, they need health care, but the kind of health care is three times the cost of what we're delivering. So that saves money. That saves money across the board in terms of the taxpayer. You have to spend smartly to make it effective and to make it efficient, make it economical. And that's what we're doing. Now, is there any talk about having the clinic become a vaccination center? Have you entered into any sort of talks with the health unit about uh, using this new facility in that way? We have offered uh, our facility, uh, however, however they want to use it. We've also offered, for example, our arena, the Keeler Center, which could be set up as a pop-up, whatever. We're willing to consider whatever they want, however we can do it. What we were hampered by right now is the fact that, for example, the, the vaccines that have been coming through have been allocated to us through the health unit have been just the Pfizer and Moderna. And of course they are very, uh, they need refrigeration, deep refrigeration. So you needed access to special fridges and um, they have to be handled carefully. You can't, you can't be shaking them or whatever. They need stable, that kind of environment. Uh, so if we get AstraZeneca coming out uh, in, in more forms, if we get it, this whole system depends on us actually getting vaccine. Um, yes, so we're ready. Everybody's ready and willing to adapt however you want us to do it. However, however makes sense, just get people vaccinated, get shots in arms, whether it's through us or another municipality, I'm not arguing, just get us, just get, us, just get Northumberland vaxxed. So, Yes, we're ready and willing. Right now we're in lockdown, so there's no gathering. So coming to a clinic at this point, um, we, we haven't got the, the refrigeration capacity, but that's always been our, our, our wish. And I lobbied very hard and our council lobbied very hard um, to be noticed and know that we are on side if and when you wanna do something. Last week, you gave one of your regular local updates on the pandemic. And this one was, a uh, uh, particular one was on March 29th. And you talked about the number of doses being provided by the Ontario government to the local health unit. And you raised concern about the distribution of doses. And you said, and I'm quoting you now, our medical health officer is being fair, keeping the public calm in this provincially mandated decree. It is not the health unit's fault. We are running out of vaccine to administer to the wonderfully efficient vaccine clinics set up in our area. Now on Sunday, 11 p.m. TV news, empty slots in Toronto, et cetera. 
No one's showing up for vaccines. I'm no longer politically nice. I'm mad. Let's figure this out, folks. Let's get shots in arms. Are you still mad? Um, no, not, not as mad. Uh, if you mean angry. <laughs> I don't know. What did you mean? Well, I, you know, I, I, I was angry. I was angry at the time. I'm not mad as in insane, although some people quibble with that, but I'm not as angry <clears throat> because I see that more vaccine is now coming, coming down the pipes uh, as, it, as it comes, flows through from the, from the uh, feds. So that's our challenge. Um, I, I hate to see empty spaces anywhere. Like that shouldn't be happening. There shouldn't be empty spaces. If there are clinics set up and they need people, you know, and they got the vaccine, just get it out there. Somehow get a plan B, C or D in place so that, that we're getting this vaccine out. Well, we see a lot of the vaccine going to uh, hotspots, Peel region, Windsor, Essex, uh, another one opened up north uh, just last week. But as you say, there's been a, some media coverage saying uh, not people are not getting these these vaccines. Have you expressed these concerns to the MPP? Yes. And what was the reaction? Um, they were concerned that I was I was uh, saying that that we were being cut, and uh, I don't. What I'm saying is, I think every health unit, all all of the 34 health units or whatever are, are given specific doses, right? And amounts as, as it comes through are allocated according to need, hotspot, et cetera, population, all those factors. And I don't think, I think that every one of those health units should have a base level that's ongoing. In other words, don't borrow from Peter to, to pay Paul. We've all, we all are deserving, um, and we should have a standard. This is the benchmark, and we never go below that amount of dose, right? Um, yes, there are hot spots, and so on and so forth. And I understand the need to get the hot spots addressed, but we are also in this as a population ourselves. We may have not be quote a hot spot because we've done well, uh, frankly, uh, keeping keeping our P's and Q's, uh, but we should not ever be, lose sight of the fact that we too deserve vaccine. Do you wonder if it almost feels like we're being punished for being good? Well, I know people say that and I, I don't, you know, and, and there are days when you do feel frankly, but I don't think we are being quote penalized for being good. I think that what we have we have to keep in mind is that we're in the final stages now. This is these are the tough ones. This is these are the tough. This is the tough months till we get the vaccine out. We've come so far. We've come such a long way, time wise. We're all nearly mad with you know boredom or whatever or just anxiety. Just get it done. Everybody's on side. So we just have to stay calm and wait. And hopefully, you know, hopefully by the end of June or end of summer, everybody's done. 
When you are talking to constituents, what are they telling you about the vaccine programs and what are they saying to you about their frustrations or their aspirations? Well, everybody wants it. You know, everybody wants it. That's number one. Number two, they just want to understand. They want to be kept informed. They can live with, with whatever is happening. Just keep them informed. And I think, frankly, that's where our health unit has done such a spectacular job. Dr. Gemmel, who is now out of the picture as a new medical officer of health comes in starting today. Um, but Dr. Gemmel kept everybody informed. He had weekly briefings with media, with CAOs and municipalities, with emergency people, health teams, his own staff. He was wonderful in terms of keeping everybody informed of where we're at in our own area. Instead of, you know, just sort of relying on national news or, or provincial news covering the hotspots in Toronto and so on, people constantly here are telling me, just, just tell me what's going on here, what to expect, then I can live. I can adapt myself, I can adapt my routine, I can adapt my expectations. So communication has been paramount um, in this whole exercise. None of us is happy that we're in this, but here we are. So we're making the best of it. And that frankly is uh, kind of a trait of, I think across Northumberland, we're used to uh, adapting. <laughs> there are various roundtables and consultations between municipal leaders and health officials. Have you raised your concerns and the concerns of your your uh, residents at these tables, and if you are, what kinds of responses are you getting? Well, I think, I mean, the, for the last year, it's been the focus has been get the clinic, get the clinic up, get the clinic up, get the clinic up, and so I mean that has been heard, and people I think are are welcoming that. Uh, I mean, it, truly, that's a project that's come together in pretty good time. I mean, pretty record time. And that's, a, to me, a measure of, of our council and also staff digging deep, insisting, just working it through, pushing, 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 being pains, you know, for some authority, and I'm sure, just to get it done. So, yes, constantly raise, you know, how things are going or the issues. The thing is, it's been important to me that that people not see Crammy as a competitor. We are part of the whole picture and that's what we want to do. We want to support what is going to help everybody in Northumberland County. Just don't count us out. And that's uh, that's been my focus. And frankly, that's that's the ambassadorship of, of the council members too and our staff. We, we take that up at all our workshops and all our scheduled meetings, you know, the CAOs meet, the clerks meet, the this or that, we discuss, we keep each other informed. We're part of the bigger picture. Last week, a lockdown began the, as part of this third wave. Uh, I know you are a strong advocate for local business in the township. How are they reacting to this latest lockdown? Well, they're disappointed, of course, isn't everybody? But we sort we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming. And I think <clears throat> what I am so impressed with our local businesses, they've quickly 
try to adapt, make new new programs, new plans, how to, uh, how to keep business going. Many of them um, in downtown Colburn are, are very active on social media. And uh, that I think helps and we share. If we share each other's information and just keep pumping it out, make people aware. I thought it was kind of interesting. We actually had three new businesses open in downtown Colburn during the pandemic, during the last lockdown, they started, they opened. That to me indicates a true entrepreneurial spirit of, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna make it work. They support one another socially on social media and also in talking each other up. There are individuals out in the, in the rural area who have pop-up pop up markets or, you know, uh, into the driveway, I think of the hut at Morganston, which is wonderful. And there are others like that, but other people are doing, you know, selling their, their crafts or something from the, from their front verandas or whatever. Um, but, and people say, oh, well, that's small. Well, small business makes a difference. That's what, that's the fabric of, of uh, the buck that gets spent, you know, at the local food land or the whatever. We need to keep this going. And I think that in Crammy, um, the service industries or the tradespeople, for example, they've been very adaptive, you know, talking to people, I can do this for you, I can build that, but you have to stay there. And, you know, they, they've worked it all out, the protocols, the protocols that have been necessary and required by the health unit, for example, or by other regulations. So this lockdown, Mm, of course, dead boring, dead boring. But we've been there, we've done it before, here we go. This one's 28 days. Is it gonna make a big difference? We hope with all these uh, mutant variations of the, we'll see, we'll see in two weeks time, we'll know. But no, we just, we roll, we roll here. That's what we do. You've experienced two tragic fires in the downtown area. Three. Um, three, pardon me, three. Well, in the yeah, vicinity, yeah. Yep, and uh, uh, I know it's, it's been uh, quite, quite, quite bad. How has this impacted uh, the community and in particular the business community? Has there been any uh, collateral uh, impacts of, of what's happened or uh, effects? Well, I think uh, two of the fires were, quote, you know, in residential uh, buildings, apartment buildings. And so um, those are being, those are being rehabbed. Uh, the one large fire next to the, te the, the, the municipal building in downtown Colburn was a restaurant, a business historical building. And that's sitting there still under investigation. So we can't raise it yet, but it, so that touched that touched um, the, the appearance of the downtown and, and businesses were concerned, but it was one business, right? It was one business. So it's not, and it was a restaurant. So it wasn't as if it's a, it was a business that was supplying something that was uh, necessary to other businesses to keep going. So again, not happy, but it, it hasn't, it hasn't curtailed other businesses. Is when you talk to the business communities, do they feel they're getting sufficient support from all levels of government? 
No, not necessarily. Some of it's um, some of it's legislative requirements, for example, particularly when you come to foodstuffs, right? Uh, what you can or cannot sell. Um, I, I have, uh, there's one very entrepreneurial business selling, they make butter, they make their own butter. So there are, there are federal regs about around that, um, that, that need to be addressed, but, but they were mentioned to our, our MP, uh, Phil Lawrence, when he came for a tour, that's an, that's an example. The, the big thing is just get the vaccines. This is what I hear over and get everybody vaccinated so we can open our doors and get back to business as it was, you know, open doors. The, uh, some of them have been, um, were helped by, by some of the grant programs and so on. Um, but, but others find it, you know, laborious going through applications and so on and so forth, but they look at it, they look at it and, uh, I don't ask them. It's not my business. It's their business. Um, they they are aware of what's what's available. So, what's coming up next for Cramie Township? What's big on your agenda for the near future? Oh, well, we're pretty excited. We're, we want to uh, spiff up and and improve the safety in the downtown, for example, Colburn area. We uh, are planning to expand Wi-Fi into the park, into the whole downtown park area so that people can come. Also in Castleton, uh, there are plans to build a pagoda shelter at the Castleton Town Hall Library. And this is because many people, of course, uh, come to the library, library branches in Castleton and Colburn to download uh, internet lessons, for example, school lessons or, or movies or whatever. Uh, it's, it's an important connection. They may have spotty Wi-Fi, you know, out in the hills of Northumberland. We all know what that's all about. So that's, that's what we're doing there. And I think that's a, a very important hands-on um, leg up for connectedness, connectivity and so on. Our library has really served as a, a very important vital community service. Not only, not just because you know you want a book to read, but but the the access to computers, the internet connectivity. Um, people in service industries, for example, they maybe have traveled to Coburg to work or whatever. They were laid off. Well, how do you apply for EI benefits? You can only do it on the net. You know so. So here we are with people who are maybe working at minimum wage, minimum hours. They don't have the computer capacity or capability. They depended on the library to file their EI claims. It's that simple, it's that basic. You've got to look at the whole picture. So that's why we're upping uh, Wi-Fi connectivity in, in Castleton and also in uh, Colburn. Uh, we have big plans to redo sidewalks in Castleton and in, uh, in Colburn. Um, we have plans to look at um, expanding and improving our, our sewage capacity. Um, there's lots going on. Sounds and like we're pretty, pumped. we're pretty pumped. <laughs> Good. 
Andy Martin, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to me today. Thank you. My pleasure. That was Mandy Martin, mayor of Crammy Township. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.